1: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: Welcome to the Thursday edition of the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 live on Oilers Nation YouTube. Greger Show is always presented by Play Alberta. C-A, where uh, you can get in the game get in the action alberta's only regulated online gambling website where 100 percent of the revenue stays right here in the lovely province alberta play alberta dot uh, of course uh, we are coming to you live at orders nation youtube uh the show uh it's in morning a little bit uh team tage T- T- thompson as you see he's out so uh Man, that could really derail the uh, savers chance and their streak. Gosh, it could be 13 years. They don't make the playoffs. Yikes. That is a huge, huge loss for the uh, savers, but a big win for the orders. It's going to be a close, a slow climb. Oiler fans, there's obviously going to be some losses along the way. No question about it, but the orders get a big win last night. Uh, many people were probably like, Oh, here we go again. It's three to one. The second period. The orders suck, which they did. Uh, well, especially the last twelve period minutes of the uh, second period was uh, was not great. To uh, to put it mildly, they for whatever reason they just can't get and they scored first. McDavid scores. You are thinking, okay, here they go, but um, they just c- couldn't find their way in the uh, second period. It, it's been uh, an issue pretty much all season long. Right, the third periods now. The last two games they've outscored the opposition five nothing. Prior to that, they were minus ten. In the third period. Now they're up to minus five. So the third period is starting to come back around. But obviously they would like to uh, get better in the second period. So, But you know what? Hey, you got to win games where maybe you're not your best. Because we've seen the orders. uh, What do they got? Five games where they've lost with at least 40 shots on goal. Not finishing. Giving up too many easy goals. Last night, you know what? I, I don't. Obviously, Bouchard, the play in the corner, sure. If you want to argue that Yamamoto hooked a stick, maybe. So that one's not a great. Still a pretty decent deflection, though. I'll give him that uh in front. Last night, I didn't see any, like, grade A terrible ones that ended up in goals. There were some bad plays, but there's always going to be mistakes. Very few teams play perfect hockey, right? I don't think the orders are... Su- Consider where the orders were at. I'm not expecting them to suddenly be, oh, we're going to play uh perfect hockey, right? That's... Uh, I'm not expecting that to occur, so... Um, We'll kind of see where they go moving forward. But they got some confidence. I think last night's one of those games. It gives you a boatload of confidence. Not only in the fact they won. There's a few things at play here. So Stuart Skinner glove save late in that game was key. But also, what about Darnell Nurse? Darnell Nurse literally saves the game. Jared McCann has an empty net. If Nurse doesn't stop that, it's game over. So they had some pretty good defensive plays to help them lead to wins. And that hasn't happened a whole bunch this year, so uh, I think they'll take that as a as a positive. And they're flying today, so they'll have a little extra time They get out to Tampa Bay, and then they play the Lightning. Will we see Matt Tompkins tomorrow? Or sorry, on Saturday for the Lightning, he'll join us tomorrow, but uh, and we'll find out if uh, if he's going to play or not. We'll uh, see. There is uh, if you if you have that itch right now, you can uh, turn on the NHL because. They are over in Sweden, and it's a hell of a game, I'll say this, between uh, Ottawa and Detroit. Ottawa led 4-0, 3-0 after the first. Then they scored a minute 18 into the second, and it was 4-0. You're thinking blowout. But then Detroit scored 9-39, then at 13-20, then at 16-63, and again at 17-12. So they scored four goals in a span of seven minutes and 51 seconds, and suddenly it's tied. Uh both of those teams wanted to be better defensive teams this year and it really hasn't happened yet. So uh we'll see. Uh the Red Wings um are really all over them as far as uh, shots go. Uh they outshot them. Uh it's now what 32 to uh to 19 in favor of the uh of the Red Wings. But hey, we'll see what happens in the final period. So it's entertaining. Then of course you have uh tomorrow Detroit will play Toronto. Uh, Minnesota is also over there. So uh Minnesota and Ottawa will play on Saturday, and then Minnesota and Toronto will play on Sunday, and then those teams will uh come back from uh, their time in Sweden. And I you know, you can make an argument that all these teams need some wins. Toronto's obviously uh, best uh Toronto and Detroit look good, but I think they still want some victories. Minnesota's trying to find their defensive game, same with Ottawa. Uh but the Edmonton Orders with their victory last night. We'll give you a little bit of an update on the standings. The orders are no longer in um, second last in the Western Conference. They jumped over both Chicago and Nashville last night. So small baby steps, but now they're one back of Minnesota. They're one back of Calgary, and uh, they are three points back of Seattle with two games in hand. So it's it's going to be a slow process for sure. St. Louis is currently six points ahead of them in the uh, final wild card spot. So, you know, you probably don't want to look at it every day, but we will because it's our job. So, way you go. You can always get involved. You can text us, 833-401-1440 in our Jiffy Lube inbox. Be wise, winterize. I know the weather's great, but don't wait till it's cold and your vehicle's like, oh, Want to get that right engine in there? Get the right oil in there. Treat your car nice. It'll thank you later. JiffyLubeService.com. C-A, where you can get all your uh, full synthetic pens oil. Oil changes. On the uh, program today, uh, Terry Ryan well, will join us. Uh, he is on set for season three of Shorzy. Uh Chad Renkel. This is rare. But a really good matchup on Thursday Night Football tonight. The Bengals and the Ravens. So uh, we'll touch on that. Uh, We'll have uh, Julian McKenzie, uh, Calgary Flames. Did you see the report that the Calgary Flames, they were close to signing a contract extension with Noah Hannafin. But then they got into a slide, and all of a sudden the player's like, oof. Now he's having signing remorse. So he decides not to sign, and uh, now they'll play things out, which means me, what Now, I guess if Calgary by the trade deadline they're in a playoff position comfortably, then maybe he stays. Maybe he changes his mind. But if you're Craig Conroy and you had a player that you thought was close to signing, but then elects not to, there's no chance you can risk not trading him before the deadline. Even if you're in a battle, I think you have to trade him because otherwise you'll lose him for nothing in the summertime. And I don't think they're in a position to want to do that. And it's going to be tough because look at Vancouver. Look at Vegas. Look at L.A. Could argue those are the three top spots. So the Flames, they feel they're going to battle Edmonton, Minnesota, St. Louis, Arizona, Anaheim for wildcard spots. Maybe they're comfortable there, but that's a story to follow. So Julian McKenzie will join us. Uh, Speck will be by. Uh, Gareth Wheeler will talk uh, a little flippy. Big game coming up for uh, uh, some Canadian soccer fans. So uh, we'll touch on that. Also, the Gray Cup. Did you see the report? We talked about this, Connor Halley, back in September. What did I say? What is a realistic option for the Elks? And I felt like private ownership is something that should be discussed. And now, see the report that came out? They're looking at it. I'm not surprised. Now, who is going to purchase it? Will Daryl Cates want to? I don't know. Um when I last I checked I'd heard there wasn't a massive amount of interest but they also had never really thought it was a realistic option right so I think that's something to to consider right w- would that solve all the woes of the team no because when you look at it right now for the green and gold Chris Jones has uh, two more years left on his deal I know the CFL would waive the uh, you know the coaching cap issues for them and not have account they'd give him kind of like a one time get out of free jail card but the problem is you still as an organization you still have to pay him he's getting paid a significant amount so would chris jones be willing to take a pay cut in his final two years to give up one of his roles i'm guessing probably not so they might just be stuck with him to do all three jobs again next year, which is less than ideal. Okay. Let's just call a spade a spade. It's less than ideal. There's just not enough hours in the day to be a GM, a head coach and a defensive coordinator successfully. You, I don't question Jones's work ethic or willingness to want to do it. That's beside the point. And so I'm not sure he can do it effectively. So. We'll, uh, we'll touch on that. It's a big storyline. Of course, the, uh, player awards will be handed out tonight in the, uh, in the CFL. The, uh, the MOP. It's a, uh, pretty good race to see who's, uh, gonna win. Um, probably didn't do great. Did you see, uh, Kenny Lawler's, uh, reaction cons when he's asked about, uh, free agency? He's like, yeah, don't sign in Edmonton. So uh, he didn't have a great experience here. That's one guy's opinion, but you'd, you'd never want to hear that if you're the, the Elks organization by any
3: stretch of the imagination, do you? No, certainly not. I mean, and and he got paid quite a lot of money (laughs) in free agency. You you think that might be enough to hush you up, but it's clear it was a tough situation for the Elks the last couple of years on and off the field. Things weren't going very well, but certainly you would hope for maybe, maybe just a little bit more, I don't know, just being a little more discreet with that type of thing. Not a good look, but... I'm sure they're uh, they can throw some money at other players and, and make them find a way. You got Trey Ford now. You got a better defense. You got a good run game. M- maybe, maybe that'll be enough to overcome it. Will we see a running back
2: win the uh, MOP? Doesn't happen very often. But uh, Brady Oliveira up against Chad Kelly. Then you have a uh, most outstanding player, De- uh, Matthew Betts, former draft uh, pick of the Elks, uh, who they let walk. Hmm. Uh, Darius Pickett out of Toronto. Uh, Oliveira, of course, is up for most outstanding Canadian. He's winning that for sure. Uh, most outstanding outs, uh, linemen, uh, Hardrick for Winnipeg, Allen in Toronto. Uh, Sean White and uh, Javon Leake are the special teams guys. Most outstanding rookie, Edmonton, Kai Gray, up against uh, Quantes Stiggers. I think Gray's got a decent shot here. I'll be curious to see what the vote is on that. And uh, coach of the year, Ryan Dinwiddie, Mike O'Shea. Pretty good battle. Based on the regular season, I think Dinwiddie might win. That would be my guess. But... uh, We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, lots of texts flying in at uh, 10 at uh, sports 1440, 833, 401, 1440. Hey, guys, I'm surprised Speck is coming back after calling me heel. Didn't sound like I liked that too much from Brent. Brent, what are you talking about? He loved it. Speck and I joke around, my man. Sense of humor is allowed on the show. Hey, Speck and, and Speck, you know what? There's nothing wrong with playing the heel at times. If To me, if, if players, when you're on a losing team, And nobody gets upset with you about writing or what you're talking about. And then you're probably not doing your job properly. Trust me, people aren't going to like everything you write. If they do, it's rare. I can't think of one writer out there. One's like, oh, yeah, I really love that article. Oh, I love that article. Right. When you're a columnist, you're going to write things. that are going to irk people. When you're a talk show host, there's going to be things you say some days that people disagree with. That's fine. You can disagree with it respectfully. I always laugh at people. Oh, I don't agree with your opinion, so you're an idiot, but I'm super smart. Mm -hmm. No. And remember, don't confuse opinion with facts. There's two different things. Two very different things. Hey, Gregor, all I have to say is two more games, and it's two and a half months. They can do it. Sean. Sean? I appreciate the thought, but as I said... Connor Halley puts that in there. And at first I was like, this is awesome. For those who don't know, obviously I have to grow up my hair because um, I'm an idiot and nah, I lost a bet. And so, but I have I have thought of something, Cons. As it grows out, we're going to be calling it from now on the ring of confidence. Because <laughs> essentially that's what it's going to be. I'm going to need a lot of confidence to, to roll around with it on. It's, uh, you know, the Leahy, Costanza, you know, struddy loves the fryer Tuck, that's fair, but... uh, I think right now it's going to be like, you know, the ring of confidence. And I'm not saying I'm counting the days, but um, three months is officially 13 weeks. So I'm down to 12. Just saying. Not saying I'm counting the days, Con, but I'm counting the days. So uh, we'll see. As far as, like I said before, like the five-game winning streak to get it reduced to three months was a nice offer, but also one that is fraught... With a lot more frustration for yours truly. Cause think about it. The orders went on Tampa, then you know what? Of course I'm gonna think about it. And now I'll be like on Sunday, oh, geez, you know, what? maybe it'll only be three months. She's I can do three months, a lot easier in six. And then they lose in Florida, and you're like, Well now I got my hopes up for nothing. So screw you, Connor, for giving me hope because that's essentially what it is. It's hope that's masked
3: in frustration. Yeah, hope can be a dangerous thing, can't it? Gives you that, that optimism. Hey, yeah, there's hope at the end of the tunnel. But they ask Oiler fans. Remember when Oiler's Nation created the uh. the <laughs> you know
2: the hope, and they had photos out and everything, and it had uh, oh what, what was it Hall, Omarc, Magnus by Byarvi, yeah. and Eberly, and it spelled hope. <laughs> oh God! And remember, like there was a lot of fans like, yeah, it's gonna happen. It didn't happen. So hope can be good. Uh, It can also be bad. Hey fellas, I think Woodcroft will be coaching the centers before Christmas. Well, there's a chance. Hey, I'll tell you right now, like the Sens lose this game again today, especially the fact that they were up for nothing. Yeah. DJ Smith, I think, is on thin ice. No question about it. No question. Hey, guys, am I the only one loving dry bullying Delmar off that face-off with to team getting the puck back and assisting on Kane's goal? So good. Also, what do you think of the starting lineup for three-on-three three from HVAC? Nick, hey, Leon Drysdale's a big, strong man. I know some people got upset about the, uh, the cross-check on uh, Bo Horvat. Well, Bo Horvat slew-footed him earlier in the shift. I have no problem with the guy standing up for himself, even if it's a little dirty. I'll take it. An eye for an eye. Some might say that's a little archaic, and you're fine to say it. Every now and then, I'm okay with it. Ideally, you'd like to do it when you don't get penalty, but still, sometimes you got to live with it. The penalty didn't hurt them at the end of the day. Uh, you know, getting in Belmar's face, yeah, you should be bullying him. As for the three-on-three lineup, it made sense to me. If the orders win the face off, Matthias Ekholm goes off the ice, McDavid comes on the ice. Because you're going on the offense, you have the puck. Because it's a simple game of numbers. If you win the faceoff cleanly or whoever has first possession, it's not like five-on-five five where someone's pressuring you all over. Three-on-three, three, teams don't pressure a ton because you're going to get exposed too easily, right? So think about it. Had you had McDavid on the ice and Edmonton loses that faceoff, well, now you have McDavid and Dreisaitl for the next minute playing defense. A, it's two forwards, not two defensemen, who are naturally more comfortable in the D zone. So even if you get away with it, well, now you just spent a minute Minute 15, and now they've done nothing. they got to change when you do get the puck back. So I think it's a brilliant decision, and I would do it every time. I would start with two defensemen. If I win the faceoff, one D-man's coming off, we're making a change, and away you go. I I think it makes perfect sense. And I wonder, if you start two D-man, does the other team say, oh, some coaches, like, look, Seattle didn't have two defensemen on the ice to start. Had you got the puck, Connor, well, now you're going up against two forwards. I'll take that all day long. settle McDavid up against two forwards in three-on-three rather than two defensemen. That's a matchup you want. So I um, I didn't mind it at all.
3: No, and I think Connor would understand that, right? Who's the better face-off man? Leon Drysaddle. Go out there, win it. Be ready to hop on. You could be on in five seconds here. I'm sure that was the message relayed to McDavid before. You could be up here in five seconds. Be ready. It, it actually makes a lot of sense.
2: Hey, guys, is there a picture video of Jason's dome so we can see the progress of this abomination? Well, uh, we are live every day on the show on uh, Orders Nation YouTube, so uh, you can see it there. Like I said, like, it's just started. If you see me right now, you won't see much difference because um, it's the back where it's growing, right? There's not a lot of, uh, like, you know, there's not a lot of snow on the roof, okay? So it's more so going to be when the sides start to flare out, which... I would say probably another 10 days realistically. That's when it's, you're, you're really going to start to see the Peter Mansbridge or, you know, the Leahy, the Costanza, you know, like the side flares where let's be honest. I think that's where it's going to look terrible. So like right now you look at it. Cause I'm looking at myself online and I can, and I've looked in the mirror. It doesn't look much different, but it does on the sides and it does on the back. And then the sides, as it grows out, then you're going to see. You can see a little bit if you focus on the sides right now, but it, it doesn't look bad. Like, if I turn sideways as we're speaking, like, you can definitely see it there, cons, right? You can see it, but it's not It's not terrible. It will be by December 1st. That's that's where it's going to look bad. Like, I, I walked around last night with no hat on. It's not a big deal. It's six days, no big deal. But uh, in a few more weeks, boys and girls, it's uh, that's when the pain's going to start to be felt. Like, no one's hair grows that fat. I don't care if you have a huge head of hair. It's not like it's uh, all of a sudden you're just growing mounds of hair every day. It takes a while. So it's only been a week,
3: right? And if people do want to see it, I can send the link over via text. But you have to subscribe to the Oilers YouTube. I'll do you a solid, you do us a solid. And, and give us a like as well. Ooh.
2: Hey, Greg, you got to quit wearing a toque. We can see, can't see can see anything. Johnny, Wishman. I'm not wearing a toque, Johnny. I'm not wearing a toque today. But... I wear a toque a lot, even when I shave my head, because it's chilly out. So um, there is no rules on how often I can't wear a toque. You didn't make the bet. You can't suddenly bully. Hey, I'm not Belmar. I'm not getting bullied right now. That's not happening. It's not happening. Connor gave me hope, which I'm not really sure I like, but we'll see. Hey, guys, uh, people don't like to be held accountable anymore, just like they want to pat each other on the back all the time. Um, Maybe some. You could, you could be right about that, Jordan. I do believe, though, that if you're held accountable and you're a person, as long as you're held accountable in a fair manner, I think most people who are strivers, who want to improve, they're okay with it. If you're naturally lazy, then, yeah, you probably don't want to be held accountable. And I don't think there's many naturally lazy professional athletes. I just don't think you can get to that level by being naturally lazy. Actually, I, I don't think I know. Can't do it. Coming up, uh, Bronte will join us. That and more on the Jason Greger show on Sports 1440 live on Orders Nation YouTube. Thursday afternoon, Sports 1440 live, Oilers Nation YouTube. How you doing, Order fans? A little bit calmer in, uh, in Orders Nation right now. It's amazing, uh, what three wins will do when you're, uh, you know your team defense plays a lot better your goaltenders better you, you get some uh, goal scoring from your top of your lineup hey would like the i'm sure order fans would like the uh, bottom 6 as the bottom 6 players would like to uh, to start contributing a little bit more sure that's uh, that's obviously still an issue there's no doubt about it but you can have one issue and still win some games it's when you have multiple issues and they all show up in the same game which was basically the issue for the orders not a lot of offense, bad defense, average goaltending, and guess what? That equates to a lot of losses. But uh, now suddenly they've got uh, three wins in a row. Rather exciting victory last night coming from behind in the final eight minutes of that game against Seattle and then winning it in overtime. Uh, it'll make the plane ride to Tampa Bay much more enjoyable. There's no question about it. And uh, we'll see. Tampa Bay right now. You know what? You uh, They would love to get their uh, superstar goalie back. I don't think he's coming back on Saturday just yet, but it's getting closer. So we'll uh, see if the orders would love to be like, hey, let's get in out of Tampa Bay without having to see Vasilevsky. But they're still Kucherov. They got point. They got got a lot of good players. So uh, Edmonton's going to have to be uh, sound defensively. No question about it. Let's get to the oil report brought to you by Volvo Cars Edmonton, where uh, they're having their Black Friday deal all until the end of the month. And what does that mean? Seven thousand five hundred. That's right, seven five zero zero. That's your savings on any twenty twenty three Volvo model that they have. Anyone? The S sixty car. It's beautiful. Get the S- XC90 or XC60, depending on, uh, you know, if you're like me and you, you need a little uh, room for the hockey bags in the back, definitely big benefit. So check it out, VolvoCarsEdmonton.com, as uh, Robin Brownlee, a.k.a. Ruben Bronte, joins us. And uh last night, Rubes, uh, the only people upset in the building were the uh, scribes who had uh, their articles pretty much written probably about how oh jesus <laughs> uh, and then they suddenly had to uh you know scrap it and start from scratch and rewrite a title art an entire article because uh, that's basically how the game went uh, it didn't look great for the orders uh they had a decent start then they McDavid scores in a terrible final 12 minutes of the second and then it didn't look like they had much going on the first 10 minutes of the third and then boom Kane scores twice including the final minute scores again in overtime and he's the eighth player i think in uh, in NHL history to uh tap off the uh, natural hat trick in overtime.
4: You know, Jason, I remember uh, how you would rail on occasionally when somebody like me in the days I was writing the beat would talk about all these last-minute changes and I had to hit the delete button and I had to write the story three times. You know what? If you're not writing on deadline, that kind of game is fantastic for the fans. I mean, And that's what they're paying money to get into the building for i thought it was unbelievable i you know i when i looked at kane at the end when he scored that goal and looked up into the sky that was like yeah i mean i thought they were done in that game you get a great glove save uh from Stu skinner uh late uh keeps them in it Uh, they get even and then they win it yeah but you know what that that's a lot of fun and i tell you when i look at the team now It's only three wins, and when we were saying it's only this many games when they were in the tank, uh, you know, you got to be careful how long you say that because it can be – you can get yourself in trouble in a hurry. It is only three wins, but what a difference in the mood of the people uh, going to the games, and, you know, unless these players are completely different than players in the past, what a difference for uh, the guys like you mentioned – getting on that plane and going out for a four-game road trip. If you suck like hell going out on a four-game road trip, you're getting on the plane, nobody's saying too much, nobody's first to the food on the plate. everybody's sitting there not having a good time. You win this one, you go out with three in the books, doesn't mean you've done everything you need to do, obviously, yeah. but you're going and you're going into, against a Tampa Bay team that's very beatable right now. They are not the Tampa Bay team we saw two or three years ago.
2: No, definitely not. They're still pretty dangerous, though, with, without question. And, you know, the Orders are, are a dangerous team. Um, they're not as dangerous as they were last year, uh, just because, you know, uh, McDavid's not at the level he was last season. Um, you know, Dry Settle's getting closer, but, uh, not there yet. Uh, you know, their power play is still 25%. It's funny. Like most teams would do cartwheels over a 25% power play. The orders one just, it's missing a little bit. Like, like Nugent Hopkins right now, it, it, it's, that's, hey, Nugent Hopkins wasn't going to score 104 points. It was the most easy prediction of the season. The guy was a 69 point player twice prior to that. But Nugent Hopkins, I'm looking from his power play numbers now to last year to this year. The difference is he was shooting the puck way more last year. His, his shots are down a half basically on on shots per 60 by him. So he was at 11, you know, like 50% down, right? He's at like 7.3. So, you know, they probably need him shooting a little bit more. Like that snapshot went in quite a bit last year. McDavid's actually shooting more, just not scoring either. So, you know, we'll see. There's, you know, I still, you know, he doesn't seem 100% right Right. Like, so, you know, maybe there's a little bit of lacking in confidence. I don't know what it is. You know, maybe he's not a hundred percent physically. You know, it's probably a bit of both uh, at this point, but, uh, Kane and Hyman have, have done, I think, their part of, of kind of picking up the slack. They need some other guys for sure to, uh, to get going, which leads me to my question. Um, I really thought Dylan Holloway was coming around and that injury sucks for that third line because I thought I really liked the makeup of that third line. And I think Holloway yeah. to, to Ryan, it's very different stylistically and everything else. I, and Connor Brown's going to come back on Saturday. I would pro, I would slot him right in on the third line, Robin, rather than have him play a game on the fourth line. Or what would you do if you were uh, Chris Knobloch?
4: No, I, I'm with you. I can't disagree, Jason. I uh, I want to put Connor Brown in a chance to at least generate some offense. He's an opportunistic guy. Uh, we know that the puck hasn't gone in for him like he wants to too, to this point, but he's got a record of being a guy who's hard on the puck, who retrieves pucks, and who can go to the net and get something done when he gets there. Um, you know, I – Is he going to be 100%? Uh, I don't know that he's been 100% at any point because he was out so long and then in for such a short period of time before he was injured again that it's kind of like back to square one for him. But he's a good hockey player. He'll get it figured out. I I like him higher up, but I'm with you two on Holloway. I really like the way he was coming on. and when When he lost that edge and went into the boards, I thought it was no big deal because he actually propped himself up reasonably quickly. And stood up but to hear he's out that long uh that's a tough one for for not only the kid but for the team because i like the way he was playing when he went out
2: no it is very unfortunate like for a guy to get injured like that like any injury sucks don't get me wrong but you know like if, if a guy somehow somebody takes his knee out or something like that you're kind of like well geez but when you just lose an edge and go into the boards it's just like a it's terrible luck um we got to tell Hey boys, how come no one's talking about Ernie's elbow off the top rope seemed to spark the team. What do you think?
4: <laughs> I don't know if it sparked the team, it certainly it certainly uh, got the attention of the other bench, but uh you know what? It was a he got off lucky with 2K on that uh on that fine if you ask me. Not going to overreact and get all goofy about it, but I don't like a play like that like he's he took a quick peek and he knew exactly what he was doing uh and decided to do it anyway um you know what i didn't like to play at the time i still don't, don't like it now i mean things worked out for the oilers but if you're looking to get people going and looking to get your club going there's other ways to do it um without uh, going to the box because the thing you do when you do something like that jason you've seen it uh you can store up a hornet's or stir up a hornet stir up hornet's nest on the other side. I mean it's right in front of the benches and you cheap shot one of their guys like that. Uh they got away with it this time but I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest that as the first means of getting the, your own team revved up.
2: Robin Brownlin joins us. Uh Rube, where do you come out? Are you are you in the side of red? And hope is a dangerous thing, my friend hope can drive a man insane. Uh, Should order fans have hope that their season's turning around or is it too early?
4: You know what? I think it's too, uh, I think it's too early to say it's turning around. Yes. Uh, Three wins is turning around compared to where they were before the three wins turned around uh, yet to be determined. You know, if they can go get, I'm looking at this trip. I think they can beat Tampa. I mean, Tampa's 500 club right now, six, six and four. Florida is the tough one. Uh, Carolina is always tough, nine, seven and oh, Washington, eight, four and two. They're pretty good. If they come back, uh, 500 or better on the trip, I think that's awful good. This is a reasonably tough road trip so if they can come back with a couple of wins and not lose momentum i think that's good i like here's what i like jason they've clawed back to a little bit of respectability now what five nine and one you look down the line connor mcdavid is one two three four five uh fifth in team scoring he's a long way off the top now i know the hat tricks have really given uh, hyman and kane a bump so their numbers look really good this today but that's the kind of offense you need to get from guys and what and what i like with hyman is as he's played here we've gone oh he's pretty good he's 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 worth that he's worth the contract he got here and he has a career Then he has another career year. I don't know if he tops what he did last year, but he's off to a good enough start where he's clearly the real deal. Um Evander Kane, we've talked about it here, Jason. He looks to me, and I've said it before, like he th- he knows now I'm going to be okay. He's throwing guys around. He's in the middle of the muck, and he's scoring goals. And like I say, when he celebrated like like he did in that game, Uh, That's a pure joy celebration. That's not a a celly that he works out on the, uh, you know, in practice that the guy's having some fun. And those are cool. But this was like, yes. And that was, you know, those two guys, they can carry a team a a little ways with sidle going like he has until Connor gets back. And I don't know if it's a hand or a wrist or a forearm, He seems to be moving close to what he used to move like, but it's still it's the hands and the finish you don't see yet. And I don't know what it is, so I don't want to guess because I'm not there, but if you're three wins in a row and got a reasonable chance of a good road trip and Connor McDavid hasn't really started moving yet, I think you're in pretty good shape considering where they were.
2: Yeah. No. Well. Hey. Yeah. They only they only had one way to go, and that was up after the uh, the terrible start uh, for them. Uh, now they're on this road trip. Yeah. This will be a tough road trip. Florida's playing well. Carolina's playing well. Heck, Washington is playing exceptionally well, and Tampa Bay is. Is a really good team. Um, no offense to Seattle, the Islanders, and Seattle, but uh, like those are bottom offensive teams. Ottawa, obviously. Sorry, Washington fits in that category, yep. but these other teams can score. So, uh, like, I'm not ready yet. I said it before. And until I see the orders for two months, show me that they can be a sound defensive team. And that, and if you have one bad game, that's different. I'm just talking, rep, you know, repeating it where you're not gifting glaring error goals, and I need to see more than three games, yep. but at least they're on the right path.
4: Yeah, I'll go with you on that one too, Jason. I was uh, uh, writing an item about uh, Stuart Skinner uh, this morning. Um, You know, he's, what is he, 943 over the last three starts. That does not a turnaround make or a season make for him. Um, But I tell you what, from where he came from, when he and uh, Jack Campbell were taking turns being awful and not giving this chance a real uh, chance to win, um, that's pretty good. And I tell you what, it wasn't like he it was fantastic last night, but he was very good again. And you mentioned off the top before I came on, you were talking about, you know, there's a lot of ways to win. You can get away with some stuff for a little while. If your if your power play uh goes cold, there's other ways to get it back. If your PK starts to leak chances, uh, you can pick it up somewhere else. If your five on five scoring isn't great, as long as we're not talking all season, uh you can find a way to get around that on special teams if they're good. But the one thing you can't win without is at least good goaltending. There is no team in this league I mean, there's no there's no '84 uh, Oilers where they can score 440 goals, and, and doesn't matter if Grant lets in six, they still win seven to six. If you can't get decent goaltending, and this isn't rocket science, it's captain obvious. You can't win. You I mean here and there, yes, yeah, someone can pick you up. The Oilers have done that in the pa- in past years. But if you consistently are looking at a save percentage that starts with an eight and you're giving up three or more goals, you're not going to win enough games to have any chance to make the playoffs.
2: It's true. Although Seattle, hundred point team save percentage started with an eight for their goalies last year. So there's, you're telling me there's a chance Brownlee. You're telling me uh, there's a chance. Well, uh, we'll see. Have yourself uh, a good room. So you got in the gray cup.
4: Oh, mercy I don't know tell me uh what's is there a line out there eight and a half for gambling types
2: yeah eight and a half uh for uh obviously Winnipeg's a favorite
4: yeah I got I, I gotta take I gotta take Winnipeg uh, every time I see them play they they impress me I've moved away from the football for a while to be honest with uh with the elks out of it and uh hockey season started uh, I haven't uh, been watching Watching as much as I should, but uh, I still I, I still like Winnipeg. I'd like to see them win it.
2: Rubens, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you on Monday.
4: Yep, see you, Jace. That's uh, Robin Brownley, a.k.a.
2: Ruben Bronte. Uh, coming up, uh, Terry Ryan is yes. going to uh, join us after uh, 3 o'clock today. Also, uh, Julie McKenzie, Mark Spector, uh, Gareth Wheeler. Uh, we're going to talk lots of different sports, of course, uh, but when we return, it's a rarity but, like, two really good teams going head-to-head on Thursday. It's a classic divisional rivalry. And when you look at how tight the playoff race this is, that a really big game tonight. We'll discuss it next on the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 Live on Orders Nation YouTube. Oh, baby, it's such a good song. I don't care at any point when that song comes on. It is like that song for decades will be a classic. Any generation, you're a young person in sports, and "Welcome to the Jungle" comes on. You're loving it. It is, uh, it's really hard not to, man. It is such a great tune. I love it. I love it. Let's, uh, let's go in the room now. Brought to you by Next Gen Transportation, heavy haul transport provider, 100% locally owned and operated, and. They got a lot of new platform trailers are in, arrived and ready to work. NextGenTransportation.com. Uh, in the room tonight, whew, this is a game. This is juicy. You have the uh, Bengals and the Ravens. Great rivalry, but uh, I, I think it's even more enticing when you look at the standings, right? Uh, the Bengals are five and four, but they're in the basement
4: of the AF. Mother's Day is around the corner.
1: Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.
2: See North and uh, in a real battle for the wild card. right? Uh, they are tied with the uh, Texans, but I think the Texans and then all the weird tiebreakers are technically... Uh, Actually, no, they're not even in either. Yeah, they are. They're the seventh team. So the Bengals are technically on the outside. Um, obviously, there's uh, eight games to go, but uh, this is a big game for them tonight. And to uh, break it all down from Local 12 in Cincinnati, Chris Renkel joins us. And uh, Chris, obviously, the Bengals got off to a terrible start. Uh, Joe Burrow coming off the uh, the offseason surgery and everything. It took them a while to to find their legs, shall we say. But... They have been better, but I guess we got to start because it seems to be the uh, story of every game in Cincinnati, the injury report. Uh, What's up with the receivers? Is is Higgins playing tonight? Uh, How healthy is he going to be? What's going on injury-wise?
0: Yeah, it's uh, good news, bad news. T. Higgins, he's going to be out. That's the bad news of it. He pulled his hamstring late last week, so uh, we don't know when he's going to come back, how severe. But on the short week, it was really going to be an uphill battle for him. But the good news is they're getting their rookie, Charlie Jones, who took a punt back for a touchdown the first time in like a decade earlier in the year. So they'll get a little depth back, but Jamar Chase is out there. And as he said, he's always open. So as long as Jamar's out there, you can kind of fill in the rest, and Burrow's going to have enough guys to throw to, thankfully.
2: Yeah. So you look at this matchup, man, the Ravens, like they're just they're good, right? Like they're sound good. And and obviously, Lamar Jackson is a very unique quarterback because he can beat you with is a pretty good passer. But then obviously just his scrambling ability from a defensive perspective of the Bengals. And you they've seen this. It's not like it's a surprise, right? Like I love this rivalry. But in the past, what's the best way? What's the most successful way they've had of kind of containing Lamar?
0: I think you, you hit the nail on the head. You can't stop Lamar. You just contain him. Uh, and that's easier said than done because Lamar can beat you in so many ways. Like you said. Earlier this year, Lamar played probably the best game I've seen him play against the Bengals, and that's saying something. He didn't go off for astronomical numbers, but his passes were all precise. He beat him through the air, used his legs when he needed to, and I think that's something that we haven't always seen out of Lamar to be consistent in the passing game like that. I think the key to him, it seems like you saw it with Cleveland last week, they kept him in the pocket and said, okay, we're not going to give you anything easy. If you throw down the field and beat us, fine, and he wasn't able to connect down the field. So I think that's going to be the key of – you know, traditionally you want to go after a quarterback, but I feel like the more you go after Lamar, you're playing right into his hands because as soon as it breaks down, he's got to take off for a 20-yard run. So the Bengals, they got to contain him. They got to force him to be out of his what makes him good, which is moving around in the pocket. And then thankfully they have Trey Hendrickson who somehow, I don't know how this happened, but he hyperextended his knee against the Texans on Sunday. Not only is he's not questionable, he's not out, he's not anything. He's playing in this game with no injury limitation. I don't know how that's humanly possible with a hyperextended knee, but he's going to be out there and he's their best defensive lineman, so that's good for them.
2: Yeah, it is. No, and it's interesting you mentioned the game earlier already this year, right? Like this is, you know, you lose this game for Cincy. Well, now that guarantees the tiebreaker. Not, you know, if you lose this game, I'm not sure they would catch him anyway, but you know, the, the, the Cleveland Browns defense has been great. Um, it's kind of surprising they're six and three considering how often they lose the turnover battle, but you know, like this a big, you win this game tonight for Cincy and I still think they have a very realistic chance of winning the division.
0: If this, I don't want to say it's a must win this early in the season, but it's pretty close to a must win because you lose, you're not out of it, but the way of how good this division has been, you put yourself behind the eight ball, and they still haven't beaten a divisional opponent this year. It's the third game against a divisional opponent. They haven't beaten anybody in the division. They have one win in the AFC, and that was against Buffalo. So you want to go through the tiebreaker scenarios, and right now the Bengals are not looking good. So they need to start stacking some wins, and I can tell you after Houston on Sunday – uh, the locker room was a little, I don't want to say shell-shocked because that wasn't the right word, but they were angry. They thought they should have beaten the Texans. They didn't. So I'm very interested to see how they're going to come out because they know what kind of game this is.
2: Yeah, uh, 100%. As uh, Chris uh, Rankle joins us from uh, Local 12 in Cincinnati, the Bengals and the uh, Ravens on Thursday night football, which should be a, a great game. Um, with Higgins out, um, obviously, uh, you know, Jamar Chase is going to get a lot of double teams anyway, but, you know, if you're the Ravens, I would think you kind of focus on him even more. How, how would you break down Joe Mixon's season for the Bengals so far and how can they get him involved more? He's
0: had a pretty good, when he gets the ball, he doesn't get it a ton. He gets some tough yards. You know, it's a week on week thing. Sometimes it's there, sometimes it's not. Just depends how defenses are playing him. Uh, lately, he's been running hard, but just the nature of this offense is—you know—they're not going to run it 30 times in a row. They're not running the wing T or anything like that. Because when you got Joe Burrow, you're going to throw it as much as possible. He's your best player, and you want to get it to your playmakers. But I think Mixon can really unlock the next level of this offense if they're ready to, if they're able to run more efficiently. I think that's the key of when Mixon gets his touches, if he's able to move those chains, get seven, eight yards a pop you know, 80 yards, 90 yards in a game. I think that can really take a lot of pressure off those receivers who are a little dinged up right now. It'll take some pressure off Burrow again, who gets, I mean, hit almost every play and he's running for his life sometimes. So I think that's the key. They got to get Mixon involved and they can do it. It's just the nature of you got to take what the defense gives you. And if the defense wants to bite down on that, that running attack, you got to be able to throw it
2: consistently. How much pressure is there right now? in since do you feel like, you know, five and five, would, uh, would obviously be a very pedestrian start for, for them. You, you mentioned earlier that, you know, like must win is hard, but I agree with you. Like if they want to win a division, it's for sure a must win. But, you know, otherwise you don't win tonight. You're pretty much guaranteed now you're going to have to go on the road probably twice to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, you
0: said it. And, uh, again, must win. It's far too early for must wins, but, this is a team that had Super Bowl aspirations. This is a team that a lot of people still think can win the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the year. They haven't lived up to that, and each loss is starting to put a little more pressure on this team. Now, it's not pressure. They, they've they been in this position the last couple of years, and it's turned out okay. But, yeah, wins need to happen, and you can tell the fan base is a little uneasy right now. But uh, I, I think they get it done tonight because this is a team that, like I said, Sunday they were disappointed, and I think they were angry at themselves. I think they're going to come out with a little fire here tonight.
2: Are you surprised or maybe not because uh, they're always good, but are you surprised that the Steelers are six and three?
0: I don't know how. Do you have <laughs> the answers? Because I, I have no earthly idea. You have almost no offense and you're six and three. I know their defense is great and I guess their defense scores all their points because I don't see it out of Kenny Pickett. I have Najee Harris on my fantasy team and I haven't been able to play him because he hasn't done anything like it baffles the mind of how they're able to win, but that's what good franchises do.
2: When you in Cincinnati, like who's the biggest rival right now for the Bengals? Like for a Bengals fan, if you said, okay, you get one, who's their biggest rival?
0: Oh, that's a tough one. Cause they hate the Steelers. They hate the Ravens. <laughs> they hate the Browns. Yeah. Uh, so the division all hates each other. That's just kind of yeah. how it goes. I think Kansas city is up there. I've seen a real dislike for Kansas city. Like people, You know, the Bengals might not be doing okay, but like at least Kansas City lost, too, because, you know, they're going to meet towards the end of the year always. So I think right now, if you had to go outside the division because you're never going to like the division, the guys you play against. But I think Kansas City is up there. Bengals fans don't really like the Chiefs right now.
2: And what do you make of that added game? Um, I'm pretty sure they add the X to the 17th game. Um, How how has that gone over? I never really asked people in the NFL. How is it received by fans and You know, historians, it's been a few years. It's not going anywhere. But how is the 17th game and and how they decide who you play in that game? How is that being received?
0: I think it's going on all right, because at the end of the day, it's more football. That's what the fans want, right? More football. Maybe the players don't want to play an extra game. But, you know, it it seems to be working out because I haven't heard anything bad about it. So I guess we're all happy that we get more football at the end of the day.
2: And, Chris, I'm going to throw you a curveball here, no pun intended. But uh, Joey Votto, arguably (laughs) to me, the... The probably the greatest Canadian superstar that no one in Canada talks about as much as he should. Um, the, you know him and the Larry Walker. Come on, yeah. Oh, well, hey man, he's he's <laughs> unreal. But uh, so him and the and the Reds are parting ways. The, you know, the Reds said they're making a decision. He's not coming back. He still had pretty good numbers. I expect the team is is going to sign him. I assume, like when his when his career is over, is he going up on like the Reds Wall of Honor? Like how is he how is he revered and how is he looked upon in that community?
0: Zero question. He has been the favorite Red of Red's nation or Red's country for, I, I don't know, since he came up. And I think everyone understands why it had to end now uh, because they're so young and they're so good. And Nick crawl the GM said at the end of the day, they don't have the at-bats for Joey. Joey deserves to have an opportunity to play as much as he wants to. He's earned that over his whole career. Uh, but right now they just have young guys that need to play and Joey deserves a chance to go get that. So he will be up there in the, in the Reds Hall of Fame, absolutely. He is revered as an all-time great Reds a month there with uh, with Barry Larkin, Pete Rose, and the rest of them because, you know, this franchise has had some dark days yeah. and some not-so-good teams, but Votto showed up every day and the people still love Joey.
2: Is he is he mainly a DH now in your eyes?
0: I don't know what he is. That's a good question. Uh, he said that he wants to play first base, but I don't know that he still has the glove for first base to be, a, you know, an everyday kind of first baseman. And he's also shown the last three, four years he, he can't stay healthy. So mm-hmm. DH might be the best best part for him. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, because if you just got to go out there and focus on getting a big hit, maybe that's where he is at in his career and he can still make some money. And he could still play some baseball and maybe fill in at first base a little bit. But it's going to be very interesting where he ends up and what kind of position he takes because he's a veteran now. He might not be an everyday bat, but he might still offer some. If you need a pinch hitter to get one long, He still got some power behind him.
2: Awesome stuff, Chris. We really appreciate it. Enjoy the game tonight. Thanks for your time. You too, anytime. That is Chris Renkel joining us from Cincinnati, the Bengals. And, man, what about Joey Votto? What an unreal career. And I know there's lots of people saying, is he going to go to Toronto? Right? Uh, would they bring him back? Well, not bring him back. Bring him back home, I guess, as a Canadian, to, to the only Canadian uh, franchise. Um, we'll see. We shall see. Um, that was uh, In the Room brought to you by Next Gen Transportation. Coming up after a Connor Halley Sports 1440 update, uh, Terry Ryan is uh, is going to join us. Uh, lots to talk about TR. Of course, he's on set for uh, Season 3 filming for uh, Shorzy. Season 2, of course, is uh, on right now if you're watching it. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, also, man, what a game. And, uh, Connor's going to update you on what happened. Remember, at one point, the Ottawa Senators were leading 4-0. They're in Sweden today. They uh, The first of four days in a row where there'll be games in Sweden. It was uh, Ottawa and Detroit today. Tomorrow's Detroit and Toronto. Saturday, it is... Let's get to the uh, con man and a sports 1440 update brought to you by legacy heating and cooling home with no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace. Stay
3: warm all winter at legacyheating.ca.